Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Welcome, everybody. Um, I'm Dr. Megan Monday. I'm interviewing Julie Palmer. Julie, I'll let you just do kind of a brag intro. Like, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you got going on. Well, thank you, Megan. I am so excited to be with you right now, and I appreciate you and to all the fearless women out there, and even to those who don't yet realize that you can be fearless. Hello, hello, hello. Love it. Yeah, well, I'm Julie Palmer, and I live in the great state of Michigan. I love being surrounded by so much beauty where I live. And as an event planner, I find that I'm inspired in so many wonderful ways. And I didn't realize even what was possible when I was stuck for 25 years in the corporate world. While I recognized I was growing through that time, I didn't realize until four years ago that I was so ready to be done with it. And so launching fully into my bliss and following the dream that I had back at age 19 to do what I love, I am now an event planner and event producer. And every single day is so glorious, full of freedom. And I would love to see how we just have this conversation flow today. Oh my God. You said the buzzword there, which is freedom, you know, like, for me, um, my background is like as a psychologist. So I spent like all of my twenties in, you know, school and graduate school and finally got to the point where I could like actually work instead of paying to work. And, um, I immediately started my own business, even though that was maybe a little bit of a reckless thing to do, but I just like crave that freedom. And I think particularly in the online sphere, there's a chance to even collapse that timeline even more and get even more freedom. So what I want to ask you a little bit about is like, what did you like, tell me the pain points of working in corporate and like, what got you to the place where you were like ready to take the plunge? Like, what were you afraid of about leaving? Well, initially I I know that I did what I thought I was supposed to do way back when, right. Go to a great college, get a great corporate job and start making money. Mm -hmm. And while you navigate that, hopefully doing what you love, following a program, right. Getting a job you love. That isn't always the case. And as I went through the journey of different corporations that I worked for, it wasn't until probably the last 10 years where in my own personal growth, my spiritual growth, my personal growth, I started to grow out of being the perfect little puppet in corporate America. And I became more and more frustrated in 2015, leading into 2016, where I didn't want to play the games anymore. Mm. I never wanted to throw anybody under the bus. I was in this culture where it was always like, look at me when something great's going on. But if it's not, then don't look at me. Look over there. Look at that person. And it became so inauthentic. And 
I found the best way to describe it is that my light was glowing so brightly as I became fully more aligned with who I truly am and my soul purpose that people were like, put the blinders on, right? And I couldn't pass out sunglasses to everybody, right? So essentially they were asking me to dim my light and I couldn't do that anymore. And I knew that I was starting to really operate with different frequencies and sending different energy out to the universe. And oh boy, did she respond. It worked out beautifully. July of 2016, I was downsized and it was absolutely perfect. Initially, yes, there was some fear. Like, oh my gosh, how do I suddenly leave this six-figure job? You know, do I look for something else? Do I start? And I did. I started applying a few places. But as I sat with myself and talked with the people closest to me, I realized what was coming forth was this divine timing, essentially, that I could finally do what I wanted to do, that I could follow my bliss. And it was the first time I spoke out loud, I want to be an event planner now. And that felt amazing. And so there I stumbled, right? Not even knowing what to do, but just trusting that when it came from deep inside my soul, that it was right. That's so amazing because I, you know, especially as a therapist, like I've seen this over and over again. Like if you're getting the sign, if the universe is calling to you and you're like, yeah, but it's like, it's uncomfortably comfortable over here. Like I got a steady paycheck. I worked so hard for this, you know, like kind of that martyry kind of self-sacrificing energy. A lot of times what happens, especially if you're attuning to those higher frequencies, like it just gets removed for you. And so we see this a lot with like, for me, I'm big into like eclipses. And so eclipses <laughs> create all kinds of chaos in people's lives because they're beginnings and endings. And so they will exit out people, places, situations that are no longer serving you, like boom, they're gone. And so it sounds like, I bet if we look back, I would guess it was probably right around an eclipse when that layoff happened. Um, but like, yeah, so like a lot of times the fear... I mean, it sounds like you trusted yourself. So tell me a little bit about that fear versus trust dynamic. Absolutely. Well, Megan, I have six kids. And so taking care of my family is like, number one. Feminine leader just for that. Six kids. That's incredible. And I also was the primary breadwinner for my family. Oh. And, and so my husband had gone back. He was home for a while when we adopted our youngest child and and it was perfect that I could take care of the family while he stayed home to really help our precious little girl become healthy again. Aww. And and yet I knew that stepping away, right, and recognizing that it was perfect, I still knew that I had to figure out how to take care of my family and how to, con right? But I also realized I was carrying the, the entire load and I wasn't asking for help. And even in, in talking to my husband. And so he was the one who said, okay, if we're going to do this, he was so a thousand percent supporting me. And, and so it became my husband even exploring, well, what could he do to take on more of that burden? And it was time. It just worked out perfectly. Again, everything was so divinely timed so that we could do this. He found additional work so that it took the edge off. I got a severance package and so I felt like there was a little bit of a buffer there that I could trust being in this unknown space suddenly where my heart was alive, but yet exactly how things were going to play out because it took a few weeks before I really said, I am going to start my business. And, and so trusting that I was 
still in the right space doing the right thing, but not even knowing how it all was going to work out. That was huge. I just want to honor your husband because, you know, I talk a lot about, um, you know, women's empowerment, like crushing the patriarchy. And, you know, sometimes people get triggered by that and feel like it's like anti-man. And I think, um, you know, it's so powerful when men are in their divine masculine because the divine masculine really is about providing safety and support. It always like irks Mm -hmm. me. I sometimes say this myself, but um, it irks me when it's like men are watching their kids and you call it like, oh, they're babysitting their kids. Like, no, they're not babysitting their parents. Oh, that's the biggest trigger for me. (laughs) Um, So I love that he stepped up to that and supported you. And I think that's a huge edge for women is asking for help. And, you know, certainly as a business owner, like you can't DIY everything. Like you're going to have to ask for help for sure. And that's by coaching and a support system and, and really also just like, not having that inner war within yourself of I can do it, I can't do it, I can do it, I can't do it, um, is so powerful. So tell me about like, you claimed the event planner passion, then what happened? And then I, I just said, okay, what do we need to do, right? And so the resourceful person that I am really kicked in and I figured out exactly what I needed to do, the very, you know, logistical stuff, the regulatory stuff. And that was the easy part though, honestly. And suddenly it was showing up and really saying, here is who I am right now. And, and sharing that widely. And I had just, again, so perfectly um, enrolled in a really incredible transformational training program uh, about a month after I started my business. And so I got to really get honest with myself and, and understand things that were already holding me back or things that I claimed I didn't know, or even the additional fears I had, I was able to really explore that in a safe environment with amazing people who I'm deeply connected with to this day. And so it was actually through that experience that I got my very first client. And it turned out that I went big for my absolute very first event as a business owner who knew that I would be asked to curate a hundredth anniversary celebration for an amazing Coney Island in the heart of Detroit. And again, without any evidence, and I, I will, we'll come back to this because I have seen now through the years that where I'm stepping into the complete unknown, but my soul is on fire that is where all the magic happens. And this was exactly the case for this event. And oh my goodness, I co-created this beautiful celebratory experience. 3,000 people came out and it was an incredible day of pure joy and celebration. My client loved me because I handled everything so she could be out there, the shining star, the granddaughter who carried on her grandfather's business. And It was so incredible. And I learned something else about myself, Megan. I also learned that when I'm in the middle of the execution of an event or an experience, I vibrate at a different frequency. There is something inside me that gets turned on and I'm able to source endless energy for as long as I need to. And I had never, ever experienced that before. And talk about more proof more evidence that I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do. It was that. 
I know exactly what you mean. And I would have that in a therapy session. Like if I was having like personally, like a horrible day, there's something about sitting in front of someone. And then all of a sudden you're just like in your higher self that you're channeling this like wisdom that comes through. And I think that's how, you know, you're on your purpose. Now I will say I've had some planner or some planner. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I've had some clients who've been event planners and that is no joke, especially when you're talking about like thousands of people. I mean, that is like a tremendous responsibility and there's like quite a lot of details that go into that. Like, did you have any like fears around taking on something so big or, I mean, it sounds like you just had an immense trust in yourself and in the universe. And I think that's what it was is that I knew that I could do it. I, I just knew. And, and I've, I've cracked myself up again and again over the years because where I've done this multiple times where I step into doing something, creating something that is so big and I have no prior evidence or proof that I can do it, I still know. And it always is some of the greatest, probably the greatest results, I will say between that first client event, a brand new festival that I created in my city to just uh, again and again. And it's, it's in these big, huge moments where finally trusted fully that that is the, the fast lane for me in my life. Like get over there and stay there because that's where the juice is. So I'm a, huge fan of like community building like I feel like you know connection obviously is so healing like tell us about the festival you created in your community well it it was born out of a desire to create something in the more neglected business district in my city and I partnered with a friend who owns a restaurant and a bar over there and I went to him because I really I, I heard the need that was really what happened I heard the need and I thought I, I could actually be the one that comes in and helps to co-create something for this district. And within 10 minutes, we realized that we could create a hard cider festival where it's never been done before. Um, we are the, the city where the big, huge summer beer fest happens. And it is an awesome event, but they don't do cider. And so the opportunity was to create something that was different, but in the spirit of what our community already loves. And so... It, and we did it in five and a half weeks. That still blows my mind. It's amazing. Um, right. And so he got to play to his strength, which was knowing how to purchase hard cider through the distribution network. And my production skills played out with everything else. We sourced stage and sound and music and incredible fun activities because it was also family friendly because we know in our community that that works too. And we partnered with the city. They had never done anything like this because we said, we're going to shut a street down. It's not going to be in a park. It's not going to be in a parking lot, but we're going to shut a street down. We're going to serve alcohol. It's going to be safe. And it was, it was the most joyful experience. People came, they didn't know what to expect. It was the first time and we had zero issues. The police officer we hired to work with us that day, he had nothing to do. And, and so it was a beautiful example of how we could create something with the community for the community and do it in a way that was unique, but it still had all the elements that people love. And I can't do it this year, right? Because of COVID, we've had to postpone the third annual, but that's okay because I have an amazing network of cider makers and community support and bands and DJs. And 
we're just we're, as soon as we can go again, we're just gonna do it all again and plan for a much bigger audience. Yeah, in my community in Knoxville, they actually have done um, they kind of the musicians and some of the bars and restaurants paired together, and they like created like a meal that you could make at home, and then they would like kind of stream live music. So I just thought that was like a really inventive way to kind of give you the experience, but without you know like physically being together. And I think that's so hard with um, COVID because like people need connection and we need to like gather. I mean, I think it goes to like being you know originally like tribal communities like it's just such a big part of who we are I've definitely seen you know some of the mental health um stuff just mm-hmm. skyrocket for people because we're disconnected and we're out of our normal like coping skills or outlets to go like blow off steam and mm-hmm. certainly there's lots of like the fear is palpable <laughs> you know especially if you're absolutely like, the traditional media outlets well, one thing I'm hearing is that like spirituality, I think was like a big piece. It sounds like for you, like say more about that. Well, I am unapologetically a witch who practices with the goddess and walking that path with her. Gosh, it's been about 17 years now for me. Again, talk about lighting up my life and being responsible for my own path. I think that is what really sets it apart from, and I'm a preacher's kid, right? So, so I get the whole path of theology and whatnot. Um, and yeah, my dad was my biggest cheerleader and cause he had been going through his own spiritual transformation and love for you like so that. He, yeah, he's been gone three years now and still he, his words ring true. And I never doubt that he's still with me. He was also an entrepreneur. And so finding a path that lights me up spiritually, I know is part of why I had the courage to do what I've done professionally. I even tell people that the day I got home after being downsized and having that last little meeting with HR, I drove home. My family was on vacation. They couldn't even go with them because they didn't have the corporate time off. And my dad happened to be sitting there and I sat down on the couch and all of a sudden I felt, and I always say it comes in this way to my, to my right side. I felt the goddess speak within me and the message was simple. It was Julie. I have been preparing this for you. All you needed to do was be patient and have faith. And I don't claim to be someone who channels anything. This was meant for me and me alone. And and so thank you for creating a space in which I can share this. That's reaching. <laughs> many, many people who need to hear it because I'm all about like a permission slip. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. I, I was channeling a lot before I like realized what that was, you know, or like called it that, you know, it was just like the intuitive guidance was there. And that's a lot what I work with with people is like learning to trust their intuition and distinguishing that mm-hmm. from the fears or the blame or the judgment or the past trauma or whatever. Another piece is I just like love that you're surrounded by divine masculine, like with your dad being a preacher, because I'm here like in the middle of the Bible belt. And so therapy wise, you know, I work with a lot of LGBTQ individuals and just even, you know, like a lot of women, like, I mean, there's just can be you know, religion can be like a beautiful thing. And it can also just be like very um, judgmental or shaming and create like a lot mm-hmm. of that silences people. So I love that he was able to like rise above, you know, the traditional like religional, religional, <laughs> religious piece. 
um, to, to be there for you. And I mean, that just makes me like want to cry. Um, I love that you're unapologetic, you know, my, my uh, actual Facebook group is the Fearless Feminine Revolution. And I, when I changed the name, I asked everyone like, well, what does that mean to you? And it was pretty universally like being unapologetically you. And so I love that mm-hmm. you like claim that. Um, is there any like, you know, like witchy or spiritual practices that have really like allowed you to create something so amazing with such ease? There are a few things. When I feel need, I actually will create sacred space. When I'm out setting up for a wedding, if I'm officiating a wedding, wherever I feel like I need to change the energy or really ground myself, I will do that silently and trust that doesn't matter who's looking, I'm doing this for me. It is absolutely okay. Also, very recently, with losing a lot of business this year, I have been doing a lot of work with Hecate, who is a guide at the crossroads. And I really have felt significantly right now that I am standing in the crossroads because I'm really, truly evaluating where I need to really focus even more in a new direction in my business and how I could still do some of the other stuff, but not be distracted by so much variety. I used to love, oh, I I don't want to choose to do one thing. I don't want to play a single niche, but I recently realized how that is actually holding me back. And so being able to figure out how I might be restructuring things in my business has aligned perfectly with spiritually knowing that I am standing at the crossroads where I trust that whomever I'm calling on as my guide is going to co-create with me the right plan to head in the right direction to be able to trust in a time when a few years ago I would have been in scarcity. I would have been in my shit personally. Right. And, and fear would have been consuming me and it didn't have to happen this way because I've grown enough. I've learned enough. I trust enough that Sitting in the middle of the crossroads is not fearful. It's exciting. And so I've been able to sit with it long enough and not feel this frantic energy around, I have to figure this out. I have to figure this out. But I know. And it was in that silence and in the pause that now I know exactly where I'm going. That is so beautiful. And I feel like, um, you know, Goddess is talking (laughs) directly to me and I'm sure the audience is resonating with it as well. For me, I'm like at that crossroads as well. And um, I've seen in a lot of my colleagues and friends where they were at the precipice of like, say their coaching business taking off and just like what happened to you, you know, maybe a partner loses a job, maybe there's a divorce, like there's some kind of like activating um, incident that like makes them go all in. And so for me, like I've been doing both. And I think when you have to fully commit and you have to, in some ways, like the stakes are higher and that can bring up a lot of fear. But when you're like, okay, I got to just like figure this out. This is the path. It helps not have that like one foot in, one foot out kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think just like trusting that I've seen people like explode their businesses so quickly, like out of just fully committing. And and I'm the Mm -hmm. same way, like I have really loved novelty and just like excitement and freedom and doing everything but there is so much power to just like streamlining the path to just like focusing on the one thing Mm -hmm. um so like so much insight in there to unpack 
what would you say to the people who, you know, like feel the call, they're not sure if they can swing it, like maybe they feel the call to, you know, like do a coaching program or like, you know, they're getting the intuitive hit, the download, but they're wondering whether it's like, whether to take the plunge or whether it's worth the investment. Like, what would you say to all that? Maybe take the plunge. That's what I would say. Um, (laughs) Where, where the fear and anxiety is showing up, run, absolutely run in that direction. And, and I get it, right? Because we're not going to be ridiculous and irresponsible, but we can't use that as a crutch either because it is possible to start doing what you love in the evenings and the weekends. If you still feel like you're not quite ready to leave that job, you can find the time. If it helps, take a good honest look at where you're spending your time, right? And stop watching the TV, right? Stop doing the things that you think are just, oh, I just get to do this because this is my spare time and I crave my spare time. Well, if you are really passionate about something, none of that matters anymore and you will do whatever it takes. And the same thing with coaching. I really get now, and it's taken a few years to get to this point, I want a coach in my life. I want to be part of an accountability team who calls me on my BS and holds me high at the same time. And I want to have access to all the right tools, techniques, processes, whatever that is, because that's the triple magic right there. That's the triple goddess for me. It is all three of those because I know that I move faster and I go higher when I have all three in my life and there are amazing coaches out there and women who are ready to be with and sit with you through the fear to ask you the questions that you can't even ask yourself I highly recommend it and and figure out the plans that work and start you know here and then add you don't have to go all in and say oh my gosh I'm signing up for a hundred thousand dollar coaching program yeah, that'd be a little reckless for some of us. For others, that's a hell yes. Go do that, right? <laughs> I know enough now that I know that wherever anybody wants to start, there are so many beautiful souls waiting to work with you and to support you and to be with you. Yeah, I'm a big fan of just like asking for a sign, um, you know, especially if you're into human design, like, you know, there's definitely like wait to respond or some of those different profiles that really need to like wait for the sign or ask for the sign. I'm big into like, you know, your spirit guides and angels and asking them like, what's the next beat for me, you know, and it, it like you can like collapse time <laughs> the more you ask for help because a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. that the beings of light, whatever version of that you connect to, um, they can't just like meddle in our affairs. You know, they want to help us and it's all like loving compassion, but you really do have to ask. You have to ask for the healing. You have to ask for the next opportunity. You have to ask for the support. Um, so I think when you ask, it shows up. And if you need a sign, mm-hmm. like Fearless Feminine Academy cart is open, like come check out my stuff. I'll put the link below. And of course we'll get to, do you have a particular offering? Well, that direction now I am so passionately going for now. I'm curating retreats, particularly international retreats. And this is, again, just like the other things I've explained before, this is where I am so lit up inside. I already have the most amazing femme retreat in the south of France planned for as soon as they let us in their country. I'm already on to, okay, we're going to Spain after that, and then we're going to do a full goddess immersion retreat. Uh, Don't quite know where, but I am on fire with this right now. And... And whether it is for a coach who wants to curate an experience for their clients and 
It could be just the women who say yes to what I'm doing or who knows what, right? Whether it's within the U.S. or international, I know that I am exactly where I need to be. My skills are exactly the right set for doing this. And my passion is fully a fire. That's amazing. And, you know, a lot of France is the home to like the original kind of like divine feminine, the mysteries, mm-hmm. the like magical churches. And a lot of that was like kind of covered up and suppressed by, you know, like the witch hunts and the, um, you know, like what's now more mainstream religion. Um, and so that's definitely like a big interest. One of my big pieces and why I created the Fearless Feminine Academy was that I really truly believe it's already in action, but that the divine feminine revolution is happening. And yeah. part of that, um, what what is your, like, what do you think that is? Like, how do you see that going down? The first clarion call that I heard was the Dalai Lama saying that the Western woman is going to save the world. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to do it with the rest of our sisters around this world. It just means that we are going to fully step into our power and and to know that we actually can change it. It is the shift that I noticed that happened probably 10 years ago where we stopped competing and criticizing and we started collaborating, connecting and supporting one another. It is every sign that that keeps showing up that where women are gathering to co-create that's when magic is truly, truly happening. That is where it feels expansive. That is where healing happens. And, and we, need, we need it all. And so I couldn't be more excited to be alive right now. I, I really am so excited that I get to bear witness and contribute to what is happening. And I was there in Washington, D.C. for the very first Women's March, and it was my daughter's birthday, and I was there with my daughter, my mother, and my youngest little girl, too, to be a part of that. That was probably the biggest evidence of what is possible. I just watched the documentary on that, like, two nights ago, mm-hmm. and it just, like, lit me up, and then, you know, obviously, Kamala Harris was announced. That's, like, obviously, like, so amazing. Even just locally, I went to vote with my daughter. I had five women, half of whom I knew, were on the ballot. And so, like, to me, that's, like, the fearless feminine archetype, like, in play. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, and I think the more we can get back to, when we say, like, witchy, what it really is, is it's just, like, natural. It's, like, connection to the earth. It's, like, it's all that feminine energy. It's not something that's, like, occult or bad or anything like that. It's just, like, it's the old way, you know. And I think that that is so Mm -hmm. important with um to bring back the natural ability to heal because we can all heal ourselves you know and we sometimes get to be like wanting to save the world that we forget that like (laughs) the more we heal ourselves like first of all it's the only thing we can really control (laughs) exactly all took that responsibility that radical responsibility you were talking about then that's what brings in the light I did want to ask you I know my daughter um has the gift like do you see I feel like these kids like coming in they have so much wisdom they are gonna I can't wait till they're in control of you know society because it's gonna be freaking amazing like do you see that gift passed on through your kids absolutely I even know that I first woke up to the spiritual path when I was pregnant with my first daughter I I absolutely never ignore that fact I also very recently my little girl who's nine she has finally come to me and said, mommy, I'm a witch too. And, and so 
we've given our kids permission to follow whatever path they want or no path at all. Uh, but I will have them sit with me during our Yule celebration because we still do that as a family. But the rest of it, no. Um, most of my ritual work is by myself or with my husband. And and now, though, my little girl was starting to say, I want to be a part of it. Um, I just got a new tarot deck and she was pouring through the cards and it was just the how she, she's got ADHD, but she was so intently focused. I'm like, yes, my darling little witchling, this is your path too. Well, and that, I'm glad that you brought up the ADHD part because in my mind, that's just being multidimensional and it's being intuitive because it's like, they're just like in multiple, you know, universes or realities or however you want to say that. And so I think mm-hmm. the more that we medicate that or the more that we, um, just create school systems or, I mean, I think that's a big part of COVID is that school is being rethought. You know, the more we look at that as a problem versus like a gift, you know, I think it really Mm -hmm. shames and limits like the tremendous, I think similar with autism as well. Like these are multidimensional experiences that we're having, having here. And it's really beautiful if we cultivate that and we honor that in them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what I see in the younger generations, I mean, obviously like there's the indigos, which is maybe like more like ours and then all the way to the crystals and the rainbows and however you want to call it younger people like inclusion is the norm you know and they cannot stand to be in a broken system and they will shut down if it's broken and so I think that's where we're seeing a lot of this collapse that's part of 2020 is happening and it's going to be so awesome for them because it's like the broken systems are finally collapsing and so a lot of the yeah who look like you know, the dropouts or the slackers or, you know, the, you know, whatever diagnosis they have or whatever, it's just that the environment doesn't work for them. And so mm-hmm. they rethink these like major institutions. And to me, that's like a huge part of the divine feminine revolution happening. Absolutely. And even within the microcosm of my family, my children are very fluid with their sexual identity yeah. and very passionate in a way that is so powerful that stands for inclusion and for justice everywhere. And I am blown away by what they stand for and and how they identify and say, and it's going to change next week and that's okay. That's amazing. I love that fluidity, which is like a feminine principle, right? And I see that a lot in the younger generation. And I think that's the norm. And in my mind, you know, especially if you look at like some of the outer planets of astrology, like, um, you know, say the 70s and 80s, a lot of times we were like doing the work around like recreating what it means to be married or to be in multiple relationships or like whatever, you know, I think that they're coming in rewriting a lot of gender roles. And there's so much like violence and damage and oppression that comes from just the two options of hyper-masculine and hyper-feminine. And so I really feel like they're um, leading us to look at and heal, you know, all the damage that's been caused by these like gender role norms, which are really just made up constructs. And, you know, like we all have masculine and feminine within us. You couldn't have said it more perfectly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 And so I think, you know, looking at these things that are coming up as new is like, you know, they're like the, the visionaries, the front runners. There's not something wrong with them. It's like, they're, they know something we don't know. (laughs) Absolutely. And I get almost impatient, like hurry up already. Come on. Can you take the reins now, please? Yes. Yes. I totally get that. And I love, can you say something about like, how have you learned? I mean, gosh, parenting with six kids, like hats off to you there. Um, I couldn't even like fathom that 
tell us like some parenting hacks or like how have you been able to like practice uh, being so open-minded and understanding and compassionate with them? Well, I think it starts with how I was raised. And it came from that where my parents demonstrated compassion and love and, and service and taking in people when they had nowhere else to go. Similarly, I think my husband through a different path, but arrived at the same place. And so we early on started to say love is the answer to every question beyond just saying we wanted to have four children and raise them to be curious and powerful and, and change makers to love fully and not judge. We've also brought in two kids through the foster system and have had to navigate those waters to, to knit a family together that wasn't necessarily all born under the same roof. And, and when you consciously choose to put love first, it doesn't mean that we don't mess up. It doesn't mean that I've gotten a screaming matches with my kids, right? But at the end of the day, I have been able to say I'm sorry to them, right? And it's okay for them to come and say to me, hey, mom, I think you really messed this up. And instead of getting defensive, I can sit with it and say, yeah, you know what? Yes. And so that kind of mutual respect that says you have a voice, I think that is probably the biggest thing and there were times where one of my kids oh my gosh his voice was coming on so strong and it was tagging me so much but yet we've gotten through it now and he is the most loving compassionate giving soul I'm astounded truly that it took all of that to get through the really rough teenage years and now he is he is walking with such grace and beauty and I don't even know how it happens sometimes. So thank you for honoring me and they get the credit too. Oh yeah. And I think that's the thing is a lot of times like the old school way of parenting is like, I'm the expert and I laid on the rules and this kind of like um, authoritarian version. And there's, we're missing such an opportunity by looking at the power structure, the hierarchy that way, because like our kids are our greatest teachers. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm just so excited to see like, you know, my generation, our generation is like coming into power and, um, just by virtue of age and like, you know, working our way up and it's happening like at this like amazing moment in time, as you said, it's a great time to be alive. And, you know, I think a lot of people have talked about 2020, like the clear vision piece. And I think it's really scary for a lot of people because they feel like, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket kind of thing and everything's collapsing and it's like so uncertain, scary. Um, but I think, like you can't necessarily fix something that's like irreparably broken. And so some of these things just have to like kind of crash and burn to be able to like start anew. So I'm just curious, like what's your vision, you know, for like a kind of utopian society or like anything specific that comes to you around like what we're creating as a collective now? Yes. And it starts with owning my white privilege and knowing that I operate and I benefit so much in a system built on white supremacy. I, I can't say it any more clearly, Megan. And this is a message to all of our white sisters. It's time for us to do the work because carrying some hero energy that doesn't involve sitting at the table with all of our sisters across every possible expression of who they are, our needs are not the only needs. And so that's what we get to do. And it's hard and it's uncomfortable, but guess what? It's in the greatest discomfort that we grow the most. And 
when we are able to recognize how we exist in privilege and learn to operate in a different way and co-create with everyone and create systems that benefit everyone and we do tear down the ones that were built to oppress and separate, that is exactly the kind of work that I want to be up to. That is exactly what I believe is the work of me as a woman alive right now in this country. And I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to own, oh my gosh, I've made that up for so long and that is not okay. And and it's having those conversations and doing the work and there are some great resources out there. And that's my invitation to everyone. I love that so much. And we will definitely be doing some Fearless Feminine podcasts with leaders of the anti-racist movement. And that is like, you know, such, I think a huge awakening because it has been such a shadow, especially a lot of the spiritual community has not been as willing to do that work as you would like hope that we would be. And a lot of people have blinders around just wanting to be like high vibe or like colorblind Mm -hmm. and these things that I don't think they're maybe hopefully not like intentionally creating harm, but it doesn't matter because the impact is still harmful. Mm -hmm. And so I think we, um, as I've spoken out about some of these things, um, you know, there has been some criticism around like, why are you as a white person um, talking about this? And I think we all have a part to play in it. Like, obviously, if you're going to do anti-racism work, you want to get that from, you know, a leader, from an expert, from a person of color, from a black person. Um, And like, you know, (laughs) the white people have the privilege, we have the safety to be able to do this work. We benefited from the system. Like it's up to us to, as, Mm -hmm. as a majority to, to really like own our part in it and do the repair work and um, the reparation, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, like look at the yeah. legacy of all of this like violence and death and abuse that has gone on for like way too long. Um, so I couldn't agree with more with you um, there. I do have like a social justice committee within my um, Fearless Feminine Revolution group, a free Facebook group. Um, and so we're keeping the conversation going. It's a diverse and inclusive group. Anybody can be a part of it. You know, we're, we're going to do some fundraising. We're going to do um, some like resources. And I will tell you the, the best coaching dollars I've ever spent have been on anti-racism work. Um, it's so important. <laughs> so just to echo what you said there, I love that you brought that in for sure. Um, so tell us like, how do we find you? How can we work with you? Like, give us a little plug on how to connect with you further. Well, thank you, Megan. I appreciate that. Um, on Instagram, I'm gem events, Julie, and it's gem with a J and I am gem events us on Facebook, but mostly it shows up as gem event. And my website is yourgemevents.com. So those are all the ways that you can find me. And my favorite thing is to co-create something with with you. And so I always talk about experiences. That's what it boils down to. And however I can create extraordinary experiences. what lights me up. Yes. Well, I'm, yeah, so excited to connect with you. And I do feel like it's a really exciting time because um, because of technology, we all have like a platform. And so I remember uh, going to one of my first psychic kind of healing sessions and uh, 
my mentor said to me, uh, Sarah Griskin with Gypsy Hands, she said, like, I see you writing this, like, best-selling book. And I was like, oh, like, that's just like, a lot of pressure. Like, ah, you know, and I, but I would, like, research it. And at the time, you had to get, like, a literary agent. You had to, like, write a book proposal. You had to, like, get approval. And that, like, kind of approval wound, like, kept me from doing any of it. And now it's, like, all you have to do is push play. <laughs> you know, go live, hit send, like, whatever it is. And you can have your own platform platform your voice can be heard and mm -hmm. it's our collective voices that will change the world um and you know you just said that yeah. like it's so true and like the more you know we celebrate our light and brag and like claim our desires um it gives everyone around us like permission to do the same thing mm -hmm. and that's the real magic happens right oh absolutely any final thoughts or words, anything you want to say just to wrap us up? Where there is fear, there is the greatest opportunity. That's what I want to say. Absolutely. Run towards it. Thank you, Megan. Oh gosh, I love connecting with you and thank you so much for your time. And I'm going to keep that in mind as my own fear comes up. That's the, that's the point to go to. So I, I so appreciate that. I've gotten so much from this and I really um, imagine that everybody listening as well has too. So I will definitely be in touch with you and we'll keep going for it. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I look forward to it. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.